As Arroyo puts the ball oh, in the yeah. glove, the left arm came down. No. A game which will go down in Premier League history. Arsenal have let a four-goal lead slip. Quite incredible. Do you have any idea of bringing Colin Kaepernick in to compete for that back job? You just listen to that question I just answered. Okay, I got three years invested in Brett Huntley, three years invested in Joe Callahan. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to talk about it because I'm sure that one time or another I grabbed a lot of kids. We the New York Jets select tight end from Penn State, Kyle Brady. Thanks for tuning in to My Team Sucks, the podcast where sports fans come on and talk about everything they hate about their favorite sports team. My name is Ethan Stanislavski. Today on the podcast, it's a special treat for me personally. I know uh, my family will love to hear this. We have uh, Chelsea Coleman, who is my cousin, and also the daughter of the late great Hall of Fame announcer for the San Diego Padres, Jerry Coleman. Trying to have a little bit of baseball royalty in my blood. I don't know if that's the way. It's through marriage, but... uh, yeah, Jerry Coleman uh, is a very famous announcer. If you don't know him, you should. And his daughter, I've known for most of my life. And I see her, I try to see her every year when I make it down to San Diego. And uh, it's great to have her on. It's great to catch up with her. And uh, a lot of fun sort of behind the scenes stories about the Padres and some good updates now. Uh, so thank you so much for listening. And let's get right into it with Chelsea Coleman. And we're rolling. Thank you for listening to My Team Sucks. Uh, joining me today is uh, Chelsea Coleman. Chelsea, how's it going? Pretty good. How are you, Ethan? I am okay. Uh, so for the listening audience who doesn't know, uh, two things you should know about Chelsea. Um, uh, one is she is my cousin. So that's a nice uh, little, uh, that's a nice thing to have some family on the podcast. And uh, second of all, she is the daughter of the late, great broadcaster Jerry Coleman of the San Diego Padres. That's also true, correct? Also true. <laughs> so I think I, my, I, before I moved to California, I visited twice. Once was in college and then once when I was eight years old. And I think the, one of the first places we went was to your place in San Diego. And uh, I still have like in my house like a signed uh, – photo that your dad signed for me when I was, it was like 1993, but I no still way. have it. So, yeah. I think I actually have it in my place in Los Angeles now. I, I went home and I'm like, may as well bring it. It's a California th- relic. So I may as well have it. Yeah. Amazing. I think I have one of those too. He had some stock pictures in his desk and I asked him to sign one for me once. And so it's on my bookshelf. <laughs> there you go. I vaguely remember a Tony Gwynn autograph at some point as well. I don't know if it was for me or there's a photo of you. I'm not quite sure what that, what exactly it is, but in my mind, there's like a Tony Gwynn Chelsea memory. Yeah. Well, I mean, Tony was always like the nicest player in my memory of him. And he would always, I, you know, poor guy, I would have him sign balls for my friends or I would get my dad to have him sign <laughs> balls. And he always was nice about it and did it, which not everybody would be. And I wouldn't blame them. Yeah, that's great. So, so yeah, I guess most of this podcast will be talking sort of war stories from Padres 
past uh, to as recently as we can go. So Tony was great. That's nice. If there, were there any uh, any Padre players that were less than great that you feel free to uh, identify on the podcast? Oh, you know, I mean, when I was young, that era, I definitely never would have been allowed to witness that. My dad kept things, uh, you know, pretty, there, there were two worlds. There was baseball world and then there was, you know, my world. Um, so no, when I was young, I don't remember that at all. I, I will say, um, I was on the pod squad later in life, which is this group of like team ambassadors was our official title, uh, <laughs> Not to be confused with cheerleaders, uh, but we <laughs> were on the field and interacted with players. And there were some uh, that were a little more like mischievous, I guess. But no, I don't. I don't remember any like blatant bad behavior. Okay, well, that's that's encouraging. I feel like with baseball players, if you can get them not to be on behaving poorly, that's a good that's a good sign as much as any. Uh, I don't think there was, you know, like. Um, you know, when I, I would occasionally travel with the team when I was a kid and they would call my dad the colonel. So I, I don't think they necessarily wanted to do that around me either. Yeah, they didn't want to at least get the wrath of the colonel right. uh, involved on. Yeah, they didn't want to deal with the colonel. So let's talk about pod squad. So how long were you on that? What did that entail? And what was that experience like with uh, the Padres organization? Oh my goodness. For me, it was actually very stressful. I don't think it was a natural job <laughs> for me. Um, but I did it when I was 18. That was when you were allowed to do it. And mm. all the way through college, I would do it every summer. And uh, it was stressful for me because what we were asked to do was to find all the participants for all the in-game promotions. So like the kid who announces the first batter up of the inning or finding someone to do like the hat challenge where they put the ball mm. in the hat and you have to choose right. the hat and win a prize. Uh, and the thing about baseball, as you know, is there's no, it's not like, you know, this half inning is done in 15 minutes. So it could be a really fast one, two, three, and you have to be in a certain place with your participant and having had them sign all these waivers. Uh, so that just actually really stressed me out, but it was, uh, <laughs> it was great pay. Right. Yeah, I can imagine. You probably, it's also uh, like a nonstop smile fest where you have to like sort of be on A-game positivity at all moments, which I imagine must be pretty exhausting. Yeah, yeah. Um, Major League Memories is what they referred to there. We were always <laughs> charged with creating them. So, yeah. So one thing I feel, even though I've been in uh, L.A., for a while now, I feel like I have a sense of how California baseball fans work, but I don't. I I don't feel like I have necessarily a sense of Padres fans. I did go to a Jets Chargers game at one point and saw a glimpse of San Diego sports fans in general. That was interesting, but I don't really know if like the football fans and the and how they relate to the baseball fans. What would you generally say is like the culture of Padres fans? Well. Um, yeah, I would say it's nothing quite like the Chargers fan base. Um, well, it's it's different. There's some nuances. Uh, and then if you're going to compare it to the LA fan base, I mean, we're a much younger franchise, obviously, and the Dodgers have 
you know, bi-coastal long history. Right. That we don't. And so, um, you know, I, I, you know, not, I don't want to rag on a, the San Diego fan base, but they call us fair weather fans. Uh, right. Because we're there when we're doing well. And uh, I wouldn't say that we're known for being the most engaged and knowledgeable fan base. <laughs> Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I have one friend uh, who is a Padres fan outside of you, but I feel like if you have a Padres fan friend, there's one friend who's from San Diego, <laughs> if you're not in San Diego directly. Um, and he's still mad. I, I was actually at this game in the 1998 World Series. I don't know if you remember this against the Yankees, but yeah. um, I was where like- – uh, you may have been there. I remember we tried, me and my dad were there. We tried to go into the announcer's booth to say hi to your dad. They wouldn't let us in. So what? we just couldn't see him. I know it's some bullshit, but uh, yeah. So it was just, uh, they just, I was like, he's there. He's like 10 feet away, but oh well. Um, but there was that moment where Tino Martinez hit that huge home run. I think it was a grand slam. I remember, I mean, yeah, it was a grand slam. I remember it very well. And, uh, but the pitch before yeah, that. Good outing for us. Yeah, it was not. But that pitch before that, I've watched that highlight a bunch because it's like, you know, I was there for it. Let me revisit my my highlights of my youth when things get bad. I do that a lot. Um, And the pitch before that was a strike, even though it was called a ball. And my friend who's a Padres fan has never forgotten that. He's still mad about that pitch. And it's it's one of those things where. Yeah, it was just it's still it's yeah, I always love that when you like an iconic memory for one fan is like the worst memory for another fan base. Absolutely. But, uh, yeah, but also that's like, you know, not to go to that. That's it. That's like the, that's the closest the Padres have gotten in our lifetimes. Um, well, I was in, so, in utero for the 1984 world series. So I was yeah. there too, but, uh, Oh, you, yes, you were there. That is uh-huh. fair. You, in, <laughs> in some form you were there. Uh-huh. Uh, but it, so yes, in in terms of our uh, pro-choice lifetimes, uh-huh. uh, we, we we that's the closest uh, it's been. Um, but yeah, so go through '98, I guess. Let's talk about how that experience was for you. Oh, um, well, it was so exciting. You know, I remember when they came home from winning the division series, I believe, and we all met them as their buses came in and we were, you know, waving our towels because they give away towels. That's one of the things in San Diego that probably doesn't happen on the East coast, but you get these like great beach towels. (laughs) (laughs) And we all had our beach towels that we were waving around our heads and shouting, keep the faith. Uh, that's, that's a big foundational memory for me. That was great. It was so exciting. And I, I, I do feel like that was sort of a, you know, 2003, we moved to the new stadium and that was sort of right. like the end of our glory days that season. Uh, and like kind of the, you know, I feel like the Padres have sort of found their soul again. They're adding color back into their uniforms. And there was this period in like the early 2000s until now where we just like, decided that we wanted to, you know, use this terrible, like, beige color that we called sand, you know, and, like, got rid of the the orange, which is the, like, only fun thing about the uniform. Uh, So, I, you know, it's big for me, and I'm I'm excited. I feel like the team this year, it's 
young. It was so fun to watch everybody, even though it was this abbreviated season. And I'm, I'm excited for next year, like legitimately. You know, you're used to being yeah, disappointed no, the- as a Padres fan. Um, but you still love your like lovable Padres. Right. So. Yeah, it's been like, yeah, so it's been a while. So other than the uniforms, what about that stretch has been the most frustrating uh, aspect of being a Padres family, not just fan, family almost? I think if you're an old Padres fan and you like remember going to the Murph before it was called the Q or Qualcomm <laughs> and, uh, right. you know, you remember all these sort of like homegrown players, um, you know, moving to the new stadium was new and it felt, you know, all these new stadiums felt commercial in a way that uh, stadiums I don't think did before. And everything was sort of just an opportunity to make money and advertise. And, um, and that's sort of the name of the game, but I think it, it, you know, games became a thing to do downtown as opposed to something that people sought out uh, so I think right. that is probably also a reason why the 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 feeling of being a fan is a little um, I don't know I, I think we've like you know we've settled into our new environment now if that makes any sense and we're we're ready to right. do it again. Yeah, I feel like it's almost like when you have these, you know, I feel like in the last twenty years in sports, there's been this trend like you said with stadiums or just in general where it's it's like a place to go to have a meal it's not necessarily yeah. to go to watch a game you know but what, i feel like i can't even find a hot dog at petco park really i'm not kidding you i don't like there's neapolitan style pizza but there's no hot dog how much does that neapolitan style pizza cost i don't even know because i'm not going to eat it because i'm so annoyed <laughs> but the beers are a good like ten dollars yeah, that's cheap, and that's that sounds like a bargain compared to Dodger Stadium. So you, oh, wow. you got you got <laughs> San Diego prices. I'm like, what, ten dollars for a beer? Wow, what is this? No the nineties? It's just, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. So that's that's yeah. But it is like a thing where I feel like, like you said, things have sort of settled in. Where there was this sort of frustration, maybe like five, ten, fifteen years ago, where. Or like, this is what sports has become, really? And now yeah. I feel like it's general. It's like, oh, this is the reality? Okay, so we can adjust to this reality. And now just accept that things have gone to where they are. And now the real fans can show their true colors. Yeah, I think so. I think you're right. Yeah. So let's talk uh, Let's talk Manny Machado a little bit. I don't know how active you followed him, but he was a player who, before he signed with the Padres, was... I'll say controversial. That's a nice way of putting it. But he is someone who, you know, when you don't hustle in a World Series game and you don't like run out a a play that I think it was first base, like he had a chance to make it and he just didn't hustle it out. And people were like, it's in the World Series in a contract year. Like, what the hell are you doing? Uh And, uh, And then he signed with the Padres. So what I feel like people have a good sense of what the Manny Machado experience was before he signed with the Padres. What would you say as a following the Padres, would you say Manny Machado sort of is like from your point of view? Well, I mean, watching the way he is with the other younger players, it seems like Mm -hmm. he's acting as sort of a mentor, um, which is cool. I do think 
there is a little, you know, obviously he's our biggest deal, right? Like he's our most expensive player. Um, And so there's a lot of expectation around that. And I don't know that he totally lived up to that. Um, But it's a weird year and I don't know how we're explaining that, but I think we're, you know, cautiously optimistic about his role. Uh And I do, I mean, I think like watching, you know, like Hosmer and Tatis and Manny this year, it seemed like they were just having fun in a way that was really fun to watch too. So it seemed like, like a good combo. Yeah. That's interesting. Cause I definitely, yeah, the Padres are one of those teams right now. I feel like sort of are on the ups. There's no denying that, that they are definitely going to be uh, much more. They, after decade plus of uh, general anonymity, they are a team that's built. They have a young foundation, which is nice, but it's interesting Hopefully, like maybe you know, oh sorry i was just gonna say the other joke about the no. Padres is that we're the farm team for the whole you know uh league so hopefully we hold on to people yeah so but yeah i think you know you won't trade it seems like your players are not going to be traded like you have enough mm-hmm. of a foundation that they're that they're like oh no these players and you have that what's your catcher's name he's like a really he's one of the better young catchers i forget his name exactly uh, i am not going to be able to tell you that oh i'm sorry uh sorry to call <laughs> you out like that but i'll we'll we'll leave it in the episode notes uh i'll leave it in the intro but um but yeah so it, it is interesting maybe man machado's growing up who knows we'll see what happens in a real baseball season how about that yeah, right. I know. That's so funny that we all got so, um, you know, caught up in this abbreviated season that's going to have a asterisk next to it forever. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you saw with the whole Justin Turner coming out after getting yeah. a positive test thing. Yeah, that was that. It's yeah, it's interesting with that. It's just like the story before that was the Rays taking Snell, Blake Snell out before, when he was pitching so dominantly. I feel like that was going to be the story, but now it's all about Justin Turner being wildly reckless. Um, that's sort of become the story. And it's like a weird, like 2020 in a nutshell, baseball season kind of moment. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I yeah. like Dave Roberts is actually someone I remember from being a kid because he was a coach with the Padres for a long time. Um, right. That's true. And he was like right there. And I was like, not next to Dave. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. yeah. As a Yankees fan, Dave Roberts is a frustrating figure in our history from the 2004 Red Sox series. But uh, I, I'm happy that uh, I'm happy that the Dodgers, you know, even though I don't have much uh, attachment to them, I'm, I'm happy that they finally got over the hump, uh, which is it's nice to see. But yeah. what would you like? What is like the the Padres like? That's the thing. I feel like with the Dodgers, they have the Giants, and that's like the big rivalry in that region. But like, I don't necessarily associate uh, the Padres with a rivalry. I guess they have division rivalries. But what would you say is like the Padres' like fans' feelings about other teams? Oh, I mean, it's definitely the Dodgers. Yeah, and you know, when I worked on the pod spot, and I'm sorry, I don't know how to turn off. If you can hear the little dance oh, on my, it's okay. Yeah, I'm it's sure. fine. We'll live. I'm- not very literate with these sorts of things. Uh, uh, anyway, um, it's definitely the Dodgers. I don't know that the Dodgers really like care. Um, but <laughs> when I worked on the pod squad, it, that was always a thing that we had to be extra cautious because we were dealing 
with fans that might get into fights because Dodgers fans always came down the Padres games. Right. Uh, so it was always, you know, there was a lot of, can I, can I swear on this? No, no, go for it. Go say okay, everything you okay, want to okay. say on that front. Um, yeah, no, like lots of shit talking um, and just very drunk bros getting into fights in the stadiums. Um, so I think, you know, San Diego has a, just in general, sort of this little sister complex about LA and beating LA would feel so good, but we so rarely <laughs> get to do it. Yeah, it's 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 nice. Uh, it would it's nice when you beat your rivals after a long stretch, but now maybe you'll have a chance in the next coming years to actually play them in October when things are relevant in, and have some sweet vengeance and you know have the fights go the other way uh, on the field that at least. That would be great. That would be great. Yeah. All but right. Yeah, I don't. I mean, like during the games, you'll hear people chanting "Beat LA." That's that's what we all say. That's that's the most polite uh, trash talk I've ever heard. Is beat LA? It's very, oh, just, it's very. That's the crowd, but yeah, yeah, it's yeah. So it's definitely the Dodgers. What is um, if you had to pick like what what you want to see, not just on the field. Like what is do you, like how is what's the best like. Padres like moment uh, that you could have like other than obviously in the World Series. What is like the best thing that you could you could think of possibly happening to the Padres that you haven't encountered in your lifetime? I mean, making it and winning the World <laughs> Series would be lovely. Yes, uh, but I I don't know. I, I think the teams that have excited me the most are the teams that play small ball. You know, that's sort of you know, the late nineties, that's what we were doing. Um, right. And it seems like we're doing that again. Uh, so yeah, I just would like us to leave less men stranded on base. <laughs> and <laughs> I would like to see the chemistry that I saw this year carry forward into the next mm-hmm. couple of years. And I would like to make it to the world series. Yeah, that's the dream. But yeah, and, and and make it. It's one thing like when you win the world, you know, make it to the World Series. And win, I say that I sound like the worst Yankees fan right now. It's like, yeah, it's one thing to win the World Series, but oh, uh, but it, so but it's, it. It, yeah, I know. Uh, it's just, uh, but when making it to the World Series, winning the way your way, like the way your franchise plays, or winning the championship, like playing the the way not necessarily you know there's no right way right or wrong way yeah other than cheating but like oh yeah i mean i guess uh, if we're getting a little more specific i want like all seven games and i want it to be scrappy and i want it to be fun baseball, <laughs> but i want us to win yes that mm-hmm. sounds great mm-hmm. well chelsea i want to uh give some props to your, your restaurant in south park because it's in south park right in san diego uh the rose yeah. mm-hmm. yes it is a wonderful wine bar um and it's been, it's, I've been there, I think twice, maybe just once. I'm not sure. I think twice. I was there with my mom. That's the distinct memory. Yeah. But, uh, so give it, you know, pitch it out. Where can people find it online? All that stuff. Oh, thank you. Um, so it's the rose wine pretty straightforward. Um, mm-hmm. and we're also about to open a second place, but we're going to go ahead and let this pandemic pass by before we do that. 
uh, which that is sounds smart. Gin and oyster bar, uh, and Ooh. it's called Mabel's Gone Fishing. So you can find that at mabelsgonefishing.com. Wow, I didn't. You're a restaurant full uh, restaurant tour. That's uh, working. On I'm it. allergic to. Yeah, I'm allergic to shellfish, and I hate gin. But I will recommend that <laughs> as highly well, as I possibly can. <laughs> I'll come to the rose. Yes, that's what I'll yeah. do. All right. Well, thanks so much, Chelsea, for joining me. I really do appreciate it. Send my love to everyone. I will. It's so good to talk to you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. It's so good to talk to you. No problem. Okay. Thanks for listening. It was really great to hear from Chelsea and catch up. Uh, by the way, it was Francisco Mejia who was the catcher for the Padres. He's a prospect. He wasn't really much on the team this year. I just want to give that correction at the end. But yeah, if you're in San Diego, check out The Rose in South Park. It's a wonderful restaurant. Chelsea is wonderful. Thanks for listening. Uh, one thing, bit of housekeeping. There's going to be no episode on Tuesday because it is election day. And I don't want you waiting eagerly for this episode when you could be voting. I mean, you probably need something to listen to online. So we may release a best of or like compilation of political moments on the podcast so far. But vote. If you haven't voted yet, vote. If you are voting by mail, vote now. Uh, vote yesterday. But vote on Tuesday. And let's see if things can actually change for not on fire. So thanks for listening. I uh, hope your team doesn't suck.